This is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's the MLW's Kiro Kwan, representing the Contra Unit, and we're here with Wrestling POV's Global Entertainment Podcast. This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to the Wrestling POV Podcast. This is Jeff Cobb. You're listening to WPOV Global. Hey, kids. Welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me this week, my co-hosts, who I've missed for a week, we're talking about the gentleman, Elio Canella. Elio, say hi to the fine people, man. What's going on? And, as always, at the Liberated. What's happening, Global Nation? You know what, guys? Uh... First of all, how are you guys doing? How are you guys holding up? I know I've been going a little stir-crazy the last little while, i got to admit. Uh, Elio, are yes, you sir. planning to axe the neighbors? Or are you doing okay? <laughs> I yet, actually. I've been keeping busy. I, uh, this whole weekend, I binge-watched The Dark Side of the Ring Season 1 and 2 series. Good. I learned a lot from watching the six episodes from Season 1 and uh, the five episodes from Season 2 so far. There's... Uh, there's a lot more coming. Well, I know tonight they're actually having the episode of Jimmy Snooker murdering his girlfriend. Is that actually? A possibility? Yeah, they had that last night, uh, which I still have to watch. Okay, well, there's that, and of course, I know that this guy has been totally busy because he just dropped a brand new show on the POV Network. We're talking about uh, POV MMA or UFC. Tell us what it is and tell us more about it, buddy. So the name of the show is Mixed Martial Arts Point of View Podcast. So basically, it is myself. Rick Saran on the third and Tony Diaz, where we are discussing things, all mixed martial arts from our perspective. UFC, Bellator, eventually we'll get into some one championship fighting. So we're just looking to, you know, try to span the globe as much as possible in reference to the fastest growing sport in existence, mixed martial arts. Excellent. You know what, fans? First of all, Ant, when is the show available? So the show will be available either Sunday evenings or early Monday afternoon. So somewhere within that range of Sunday evening, early Monday afternoon. We went a little late in our debut, unfortunately, because I had a family matter to take care of and it kind of got in the way. But barring any unforeseen circumstances, the show should be available anywhere between Sunday evening, Monday afternoon. Wow, the POV network is growing. Another yes. quality show. I listened to the first episode, folks, and it was it was some good stuff. And this is coming from a guy who does not know much about MMA. I'm going to be honest. I have not watched much UFC. I couldn't even tell you right now, honestly, who the champions were, if you were to ask me in any division. Uh, but I've heard some of the big name guys, and I have over the years kind of popped in and out to see certain guys that I've heard about. So I'm very curious. I mean, I like this fact to hear more about what's going on and my one question is you're covering UFC are you also covering like Bellator and some of the big things and are you going to be covering some of the minor ones also absolutely Uh, that is the goal not only to cover UFC but as I mentioned a little earlier Bellator uh, definitely want to get into some one championship fighting which is out of Japan so that whole time difference Mm -hmm. thing is going to be a challenge and as well as I get into covering local promotions here in the Washington DC area there are two promotions that I you know am aware of one being um what is the name of it oh forgive me why am i having a memory lapse right now why am i having (laughs) cagezilla okay so the promotion is called cagezilla it's out of um 
Ashburn, Virginia, where the Washington Redskins uh, train and where they mm-hmm. headquartered. Um, I'm not sure, you know, for those of you that are NFL fans, um, it's been around, you know, for at least a decade and it has actually um, have some products from the organization to transition into UFC and Bellator. And then there's another organization that's based in maybe, I believe that will be either Sterling or Manassas, Virginia, known as Cowboy Fight Series. And for those oh, of nice. you who may not know, Cowboy Fight Series is ran by current UFC fighter Donald Cowboy Cerrone. So definitely looking oh, forward okay. to possibly attending those who I've been to a Cagezilla event before, but I'm definitely looking forward to attending, you know, some Cowboy Fight Series mm-hmm. events and then, you know, providing some coverage just to kind of help get some of the uh, lesser known talents to help get their names out there and let people know, you know, who to look for in the future. That is excellent. That is excellent. Yeah, folks, uh, check this out. Uh, like I said, it's it's made for everybody. I mean, you can come in here being a uh, total total hardcore fan, or you can go in like me, a newbie who's wondering what's going on. These guys can uh, give you some good direction. And sometimes that's just it, you know, stepping into a whole new world of sport. You sometimes need direction what to look for because you're not careful. If you just see the crap, you might not think you're going to find anything good. So it's always good to have a signpost it. that'll well, send you well, well, even me, I I know the names, I just don't know who's who in the champions, who the champions yeah. are. Yeah. And well, Elio, you better turn in. I want a full essay written about that. <laughs> of no less than a hundred words. Now, now, no, a thousand words. <laughs> so, Ant, I got to ask then, are we yeah. still going to keep doing our AEW write-up weekly? Oh, that's my hope, unless... Unless there is something that takes place, and I don't know, some events take place on a Wednesday night, which could be a possibility. And I only Mm -hmm. say that because, you know, with the whole thing of UFC being put on hold until further notice and them trying to fulfill their contract of providing 42 events, you know, as a result of the obligation of the ESPN contract, we could see some events take place in the middle of the week as well as on Saturday night. So if for any reason I may have to cover an event, you know, the night that we usually record, I would definitely let you guys know ahead of time. And hey, we only say that because you, ins- you were the inspiration for us to write other articles too, you know. Oh, appreciate that, stuff. Yeah. Definitely appreciate um, that. And, and here's the weirdest question. I hope this doesn't put uh, a panic in you or too much on your plate, but are All you right. going to also consider a uh, um, an MMA uh, write-up every week? Oh, oh well, absolutely, yeah. Oh, wow. Absolutely. You really are piling out on the plate. That's going to be interesting. Wow. Really, yeah. Definitely want to definitely want to uh, you know come forth and bring as much content as possible in an effort mm-hmm. to you know win over as you mentioned veteran MMA fans as well as those that are as well as those that are you know getting their feet wet following the sport. Just know that we won't be that MMA outlet. And I've, you know, have joined a few discussion groups and Facebook. You have some supposed MMA purists that are quicker. Yeah call people casuals and you know degraded because they may not have been around since day one but i'm like you know how do you expect to you know grow encourage <laughs> growth and grow yeah. a sport if you're going to knock people just because they haven't followed it as long as you have like okay so that makes you you know that places you in what the upper brass of mma fandom and loyalty yeah. like come on dude who are you MMA yeah snobs they're funny to me yeah, well, you know what? That every sport has that, and yeah. it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. I mean, how do you expect your sport to grow? And what's going to happen if you're the only ones in there? Eventually, you're going to die out, and then your team dies, or your guys die, or your sports dies because That's there's no it. one to carry on. That's it. It's uh, short-sighted and greedy, but oh well, it happens. That's this world, right? Yep. Now, you know what, guys? Before we go to uh, our news uh, that I have of the week, I, just because Elio brought up Dark Side of the Ring, um, 
And fans, I, I've always wanted to do this. And if we get some people who actually write in and say they're interested in this, I've always wanted to have a discussion about the death of Bruiser Brody. And I know there's a bunch of great documentaries out there. I really enjoyed that episode. That was yeah. interesting. So um, you know what? Maybe down the road here, me, uh, Ant, and Elio will we'll catch up on it. We'll talk about it. It's a fascinating story about a fascinating wrestler who's probably the best known Biggest wrestler who never made the big time because he got mm -hmm. killed at the height of his career. And uh, I, just tell us, fans, if you're interested in us what, covering more of these dark side of the ring things. Because there's other topics in there. There's Dino Bravo. There's the, you know, being murdered. Jimmy Snuka. Did he murder his girlfriend? All sorts of crazy stories that are out there and documentaries that touch on a lot of this. And we're just, you know, maybe... I'm curious of what other people think. I'm curious of what my co-hosts think. And I just want to talk about these things. Just episode two, then episode two was a much of screw job. Like that's been talked about to death. Yeah, we're not going to cover everything. Yeah. Let's, let's no, talk I'm about saying, some of the no, ones I'm that are getting. I, I had to, I like, because I watched like every single episode, but I'm like, that one, when I saw that one, I'm like, that's being covered to death. Yeah, I that's one I don't even really plan to watch. I was actually wanting to watch that uh, Brawl for All one because it never really, no one's really talked about that thing. And I remember that when it came out and I was just like, what is this garbage? <laughs> I wanted to kill Vince Russo. <laughs> but anyways, uh, let me cut to some news. And this news I find for me is a bit of an hallelujah. Okay. And maybe for some of you wrestling fans, uh, MLW has announced, um, Court Bauer did an interview just the other day talking with a magazine and they asked him, uh, what he planned to do in this current situation. Was he going to try and rush back and do more, um, matches right away when the you know when the green light was set you know uh, what, what was his plan and he said honestly he has set up his company in and his uh finances and whatnot that he doesn't have to do any new matches or cards for at least another 18 months and even if this thing comes back and they say okay you know we're okay to do this but everyone's a little unsure he's still going to hold back because he says currently he has enough footage and match stuff right now to do 50 more episodes wow. of mlw fusion so we have 50 more episodes guaranteed coming of newer content which we've never seen before. Busy. not and we're not talking best of shows we're not talking uh, right right we're talking actual um 50 no, episodes not, of the yeah. show and i like that idea you know i like that so that's going to be some good news. It means, I mean, we've already, we're going to be talking about uh, NXT UK. Already NXT UK has gone into a best of show. And, oh, God, let's hope it's better than this week's because I'm going to tell you guys going in now, this was not no. that great of, a of an episode to watch. Okay? I mean, so, I, uh, my literary POV, I tried to make it sound better than it actually was. Um, so let's get into it now with, uh, I had a hot topic for the week, which was uh, simply... We've seen a lot of empty arena matches, mm -hmm. and we've seen these not quite empty arena matches, um, where they have like like AEW has been doing a thing where they have like you know maybe a dozen guys around the ring, which I think has brought energy. But what I want to ask you guys is the whole concept now of the empty arena match. Now we've seen this in uh, various forms in the WWE. We've seen this uh, recently with Mance Warner and uh, MJF in MLW, and we've seen this. Uh, even tonight, which we're going to talk about, Jake Hager versus John Moxley. What is the big difference? Is there a big difference? What do you guys prefer? And I want to send it out to Ant first. Do you prefer that there's nobody in the arena? Or has that kind of been cheapened by that everyone's doing it? Or do you like this whole fact of having people intersped around the ring? 
I actually prefer people at ringside because it brings personality to an empty arena. And as we saw in one of the matches on tonight's episode of Dynamite, it actually grants wrestlers the opportunity to interfere in matches. So I, I feel like anything that you could do to add personality to your events, given the current circumstances, why not run with it? Because what you want to do is avoid, you know, I guess the staleness of, uh, uh, I guess, going the traditional route and doing what everyone else is doing. So find a way to stand out. Okay. Elio, what do you think of this? What do you prefer? Yeah, I'm going yeah, to agree with that. So, um, I prefer having like people around ring and ringside or in the, in the audience because it, it, it brings an energy and a different atmosphere as opposed to just like an empty arena with no one there. Okay. I, I agree too. I mean, I've seen both of this happening. Um, I've got to say that having those extra people, just even if it's a couple of people interacting at first, I was a little bit concerned cause you know, they're not, uh, it seemed like they weren't six feet apart a lot of the time. And a lot of the time they have been, I was always worried about the first two guys that came in, but then I, after it took me a few episodes to realize that was Billy Gunn and his son. So maybe they live together. So, you know what? Why would you separate, right? <laughs> yeah. um, however, then you get guys like Jimmy Havoc attacking other wrestlers and then touching each other sort of defeats the whole six feet purpose too. But let's face it, Jimmy Havoc's a dirty, scuzzy man. If anyone has COVID, he probably has it already. So, and hepatitis and whatever other gross things you could get. Um, I think the COVID's the least of his concerns on the disease front. Um, but you know what? I, one of the things I don't like is it's taken the life out of, or at least the mystique for me, out of the empty arena match, okay? There was a time where an empty arena match was kind of a cool concept. That whole idea that, wow, they're gonna show a match and they're not even gonna let people into it. Now you can't let people into it. So there, for me, it's taken away the mystique of what an empty arena match used to be. Uh, case in point, uh, we're gonna talk a bit today about AEW's match. And before I even talk about the match or any of that stuff, I got into it. I found for myself, I had wished there were a couple guys in the crowd in this one because it just felt way too empty. And mm -hmm. what, do you think that the idea of the empty arena match has been kind of the mystique in that has been left because of this? Or do you think, I don't know, is it still there? Is it something special? Or is it just kind of now a cheap thing? I think the experience is cheap. And um, truth be told, the last empty arena match that I legitimately enjoyed dates back to the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl halftime show with Mick Foley and The Rock. Mm -hmm. I mean, with the personality that The Rock brought in his trash talking and then, you know, Foley and his, you know, psychotic rants and outbursts. It was just something to me that has been often imitated but couldn't be duplicated. Fair enough. Fair enough. What do you think, Elio? Yep. Um, that was, uh, like, seeing it every week is just, has made the whole uh, MTV in a match uh, stale and like and said it would there was that time period where the MTV match or the idea of an MTV match was special like uh, the Mankind and Nick and uh, the Rock match. Mm -hmm. Well folks we're in this weird time where this is kind of becoming the norm in some places because you know the whole idea. Um, one thing that hasn't come up to us yet, and I guess we'll find out more about this as we go on, is, you know, it was deemed by the state of Florida that the WWE is essential, meaning that they can now do uh, their shows. Get the cops, so they, they caught the cops on them. 
Yeah, but now that they have backing, yeah. you know. But here's the thing, though. Nobody said anything about AEW yet. And is it, is it going to be fair if AEW doesn't get the same exemption? They're, the, mm-hmm. you know, direct competitors in a direct market, once told it's essential. What happens if AEW is not told they're essential? What do you think should happen then, Ant? There's no more AEW literary POV. <laughs> oh, I no. think I think in a sense we learned that AEW wasn't held to the same regard as WWE when Donald Trump had his conference call with commissioners and presidents of major sports organizations and AEW wasn't included. Um, so that right there tells us where AEW sits in reference to you know priorities. Now maybe that could be because you know AEW is still in its infant stages in a sense. But I feel like if they are doing the same thing that WWE is doing, then they too should have been included in the call to kind of go over, you know, whatever protocol is needed to ensure as much safety as possible when having these events. Agreed, agreed. What do you think about this, Elio? Do you think that if AEW doesn't get the same uh, uh, treatment as the – should it, first of all, get the same treatment? And if it well, doesn't I mean, get the if, same treatment – If WWE got it, uh, I don't see why AEW shouldn't. I mean – isn't it uh, the same? It's like all wrestling, right? So if wrestling, if they're saying wrestling is essential, I'd, I think like EW should uh, get that as well. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, let's face it. There's some kind of weird, I don't know, conflict of interest here if if uh, AEW wasn't granted. I mean, they're a network television just like WWE. Um, so I haven't heard anything about it yet. So we're going to have to you know, we'll find out probably by next week if it's the same thing. If it's not, I really think AEW has legal precedence here to, you know, to, to do something about this. I think that would be highly unfair. But then let's go with the flip of the coin here. Um, if that is essential, does that mean uh, all arena matches or all wrestling companies, sorry, all wrestling companies within the state of Florida should be allowed to run shows? Where do we draw the line? Are they essential too? And what t- tells you that it's essential, you know what I mean? So does that mean, does uh, ROH, should they be running some uh, Florida shows? Should uh, should Impact go down there and do a Florida show? What, what do you think about that, Ant? Is that is that too far? Where do we draw the line on that? Um, it may be too far trying to flood everyone into the state of Florida just for the sake of having events because uh, Florida does consider sporting events uh, essential because with that, you do chance the spread of the virus. And I mean, we've heard and seen numerous reports that say people are contracting this disease without experiencing any symptoms. So mm-hmm. who knows how many people on a, say, uh, an ROH or a TNA roster that could have the disease and are unaware, and then you bring it to Florida, you know, trying to be in compliance with, um, I guess, the uh, uh, in compliance with yeah. the um, essential settings or whatever or essential situation that is established in the state of Florida and then God forbid the virus the virus you know go ahead and it affects more people okay well you know here's the last question and I want you guys both to answer this right now because we are both we're all wrestling fans here and we're also guys who've taken this very seriously all right and I'm gonna ask you first all right sure do you think it's ridiculous or do you think this is right that the WWE is considered essential while this is going on 
Do you think this is, because I know my wife uh, was walking by just a second ago as we were talking about this and she uh, whispered to me, she said, as a frontline worker, which she is, she mm -hmm. finds it kind of disgusting and ridiculous that the WWE is considered essential during something I'm like this. She's rescued her life to do help other people. And yet people are going to go out to do this for wrestling. What do you guys think of this? So I won't say it's ridiculous that WWE or any sporting event that is still taking place is, is, is I won't say that it's ridiculous to refer to them as essential, but maybe there should be a, a, a ranking system, if you will, or a prioritization of what essential is. I mean, of course, they don't compare to the people who are on the front line each and every day saving lives and, you know, um, um, serving in roles of, you know, first response teams like those that are in the medical field, those who are, you know, in law enforcement, those who are working in call centers at 911 uh, dispatch areas or whatever have you. But I do think that it is essential to have some sort of entertainment to give us some sort of solace and refuge from the perilous times that we're in the midst of today. Um, I'd like to give my point of view on this. Sure. Um, I think it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, only for the simple fact is, oh my God, as I've been at home these last five weeks, I have Amazon, Disney Plus, YouTube, mm -hmm. and uh, Netflix, and there's still 95% of really good shit on there I haven't even watched yet. Mm -hmm. There is enough stuff on all our streaming services. The ESPN Classic has enough classic sports. Do we really need the new, new, new every few seconds? I think it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, yes. And, and here's the thing. Wouldn't it be good if what they were putting out was awesome? I would say, yeah, if, if, if it would be essential if the WWE was putting out a product weekly that everyone was like, yeah, I'm glad this is this thing. But it's not. It's more like True. it's crap just floating by. So I get it if there are sporting fans who need a constant new stream of stuff. I get that there are people like that. But in all honesty, if you truly love the sport, I'm sure there are many things that have happened that you wish you saw, you, you, you know? I'm sure even a couple weeks off, there is not time for you to watch every single hockey match you missed or every single MMA fight, or every single race car match. You know, I, I mean, I look at myself, yeah, when I first got this, I, I thought, ah, oh, I've loved IndyCar racing forever. And every season I write down the things and then I forget to watch half of the, the races. And then I don't see them. And to be honest, I don't need, um, I don't need the fresh, the fresh races. I can go back now and watch the entire season from the beginning to the last match and enjoy it. And so, um, like I said, if WWE was going out and doing these mat these uh, cards in um, the Florida Center and they were like blown away, like I had to watch, must-see TV, hell yeah, then it's worth it. But let's face it, guys, you guys have seen what they've been putting out. That WrestleMania, the, the stuff they have, oh. is just slightly above dreck. So why risk the health of people? Of so many people, I mean, not just the wrestlers, not, you know, there's obviously people backstage, there's obviously people with cameras. Why risk all that for half-ass stuff? And that's my thing. And so for me, I find it that it's a little bit ridiculous that they're being considered essential because they have a network full of what? A million matches that we could all look back and finally sit back and enjoy the matches. Crap load, there's a crap load of content on there that people can go back and watch. Like, uh, like uh, a while back, I was uh, binge-watching the early Saturday night main events that I had never yeah. seen before. 
So um, I get it. There are some sport fans who are going to think I'm a complete idiot for saying this. And that is your point of view. I get that. If you're the guy who really needs fresh, up to the date, I want to see what's happening now. I get that. I'm not putting you down. I just think, though, if we're going to be given half-ass kind of stuff, I don't think it's worth the risk. It's just not worth the risk. Elio, you're the last one to weigh in on this. Is, I, it, is WWE essential? Yeah, find for that ridiculous me, or for me, I would rather have a great product instead of a really crappy product, which is what we've been getting this past few, however many weeks it's been. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, uh, for me, uh, it's an essential. I got other things, like I got music, I have movies, I've got um, Netflix. There's a whole lot of stuff I can watch or listen to. And you guys aren't going to believe this, but I heard the internet might even have porn on it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the internet. No, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> personal sites. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 what's that fake news you're talking about? <laughs> oh, now here, here's the other thing I'm going to say. With all this being said, I also don't think AEW is essential. Let's face it. We have spent the last, what, four weeks uh, handed a half-assed product, and we're trying to make the best out of it. I mean, we have to be honest with ourselves. These have not been up to the quality of what AEW has been or in the normalcy. We're looking, we're like, I know I use this a lot, but it's almost like we're kind of taking turds and we're kind of shining them up and looking for some gold in there, you know? But uh, so I'm sorry, guys, state of Florida. I think you guys are being idiots. I don't think that the WWE is essential, but at the same time, I understand Ant's view that there are people who have been, we have been bombarded with the new, new, new now. And if you're one of those people, well, hey, why should you be cut off from what you expect? Yeah, I get that. I, 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 just, I just think they're putting like the the health of their like you know, stars at risk by doing this. All right. Well, so folks, you know what? Why don't you weigh in on this? Do you think that uh, AEW, WWE, think they're essential? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I'm curious about your point of view. Feel free to write in here at the show. You can find us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast. Elio, I never want to mess them up, so give me all the other places people can write. Instagram at Wrestling POV1 and Twitter at Wrestling POV. There you have it, folks. Take that opportunity to, to tell us what you think. Give us your point of view. That's what this whole show is about. We may never agree on everything, but we can agree that we're always willing to hear each other out. Now... Let's go to the meat of the show. We are going to talk about tonight's AEW Dynamite. You know what, guys? Oh, by the way, Chris Jericho yes. must have uh, been channeling the legend uh, the other week when he said Dynamite. Yes, he did too. He did too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you guys remember that Chris Jericho used to wrestle through this town that I live in quite regularly oh. when he first started back oh. in the old Stampede Wrestling days. Um, First of all, I'm going to say this as an opening. I want to say overall of all these, since there's been no fans in the audience shows and AEW, we've kind of gone week is good. Week is bad. Week is good. Week is bad. Last week's was bad. The week before was good. That was true. This week's was the first time that the show itself felt like a real program to me, not just a bunch of wrestling and held together with some promos. This felt like a show. And this gave me hope 
because things were done in today's episode that we haven't seen before. Things that made it have a fresh feel, despite the fact we were having a bunch of half-ass wrestling and a bunch of jobber matches. They still did some things in there that made this exciting. And you know what it did for me, guys? It gave me hope. And I would really wish that the WWE executives would watch tonight's episode because they have the money and they have the, uh, the cameras. They've got all the technology to do what they did tonight even better and make their show exciting. And the problem is WWE lives and dies by their formula. And if the formula doesn't work, well, they'll just keep doing it because they figure no one else is going to watch. <laughs> God, I, today gave me some hope. And let's start off, okay? First of all, uh, we start off with a Jake the Snake regularly opening week promo. Now, I know, Ant, I know you're getting kind of sick of him last week. Did this one still uh, bore you out, or did, did it bring it back for you? What did you think of his opening well, actually, promo? Actually, uh, his opening promo, uh, it was more compelling than the last two that we've seen. And then I actually, I guess, developed a bit of sensitivity for Jake, if you will. So I want to take back what I said last week, if I can, and I only say that because I, you know, stumbled upon some news that Jake is, you know, quarantined in the Wiffy Diamond Dallas page. And so that would explain why he hasn't been seen in the arenas with Lance Archer. So in that regard, you know, especially considering Jake is in that age group that is vulnerable to this pandemic and and this Mm -hmm. disease, then I can make an exception for him to, you know, do the promos from the typical setting in which he has been doing them. But even in just his delivery of his promo, it just came off way better than they have in previous weeks. I mean, still nothing tops his debut promo, but this may be as close as we'll get to it, given the others that follow the debut. All right. What did you yeah. think, Elio? Yeah, um, of course, nothing's going to be – it's going to be better than the debut promo, but this was uh, this was good. I enjoyed okay. this one much better last week. Yep. Now, you know why? And, and I, I have a good explanation of why this was good as compared to what you saw last week. A lot of it has to do with this. Could you imagine if I did the entire show like this in your face? Everything was like fast. Everything was cool. I was intense for the entire 90 minutes. And I did this every single week. You know what? You guys would get sick of it after about 10 minutes. Because nobody is, that's not real. And the thing with Jake was, they had a whole bunch of promos where he was the sneaky talking, going to do all this imagery, dark and stuff. It's really cool. And it kept on. And after you see that, after about a couple times in a row, you're just like, because that's human nature. You know, this week, instead, he kind of like did a bit of a 180 where he still kept the tone and he still kept some of the illusion, but then he was himself describing you're describing Lance Archer and man that was so much more effective because first of all it made him seem like real for a second no more oh he's reading some dark script for the third week in a row you know this is why I think this character can work for him is there's time to be intense there's time to be laid back there's time to be funny and there's time to be serious and Jake by showing you all the emotions any good actor pick any good real good actor in Hollywood he doesn't do just one genre of movie he does them all because he makes you believe whatever kind of guy he's portraying, that's cool. And that's what Jake Roberts is starting to show us a bit. Show us more different parts of Jake Roberts. Next time, have a silly one, then have a serious one. It isn't going to wreck his credibility unless you go way too far in any direction. Play to his strengths, and I guarantee you this guy is probably going to feel like he delivers every single time we see him. Very much enjoyed that. Uh, next, we cut to uh, an interesting thing, and I think this was kind of needed. A cult. Cabana promo 
talking about his comparison himself to Lance Archer. What do you think of this, Elio? Uh, this video package was uh, done well. Uh, I think it was like insane to Cole Cabana, the whole comparison between himself, and he was also talking about his NJPW uh, run as opposed to his AEW run, so I thought it was so well done. Okay. And what'd you get out of this? Um, I enjoyed Cabana's recap of his career up to this point as well. I mean, mm -hmm. it gave us a legitimate introduction as to who he is. I mean, of course, wrestling fans that have, you know, followed the industry for a while know who he is, but those who are, I guess, new to it or may not, new, uh, let me see, those who are, I don't want to put it, new to Coca Bano may not be too familiar with him. It was good for them to, you know, get some sort of intel as to who he is and, you know, what his history is in the business. I think it was well needed because um, I laughed the first time he said this, but I think it's a terrible tact for him to keep saying, oh, hey, you know, I'm a wrestler. Almost <laughs> putting to the fact that nobody thinks he looks like a wrestler or, you know, it was, a, Colt Cabana had his time when he was the jokey guy and no one else was doing it, right? Um, now, I don't think we need the jokey guy. I think he has enough tools in his bag to be a good wrestler. I mean, he does stuff out there that's different that's sometimes effective. I noticed, like, if we noticed this week's match, he took down the idiocy quite a bit. There wasn't so much jokey crap, and he looked pretty effective in there, you know? Despite, let's face it, did anyone for one second think that he was going to beat Lance Archer? No. <laughs> no. Actually, uh, you picked a uh, double count out. We were did doing I? our predictions. You said uh, you yeah. were going with the double count out. Yeah, I was. I thought maybe it would go a little. I just don't want to see Cody and Lance Archer in this tournament. I want to see them face each other in a bigger thing somewhere else. I think it's a giveaway. That was my thing on that. And I will, uh, and I will say this. Uh, although, you know, Cabana turned down the silliness, I still mm -hmm. felt like the match uh, uh, went flat in a sense. It fell flat, you know, in comparison to what it could have been. I expected, I guess, more intensity and more fire, but it just mm -hmm. didn't give me but I was looking for, but still okay. he turned down the silliness. So that was a plus. Fair enough. Well, we're going to get right into it. Tell us a little bit more what you saw out of this match. What I thought of it overall. Yeah. Um, it was good to see Lance Archer involved in a match that wasn't a squash, but mm -hmm. as I, you know, as I just stated, it felt a little flat. I felt like the two could have given us way more in terms of intensity and explosiveness. I mean, we knew yeah. Archer would win. Of course, but at least, you know, we've actually seen him in a match where, okay, he had an opponent that presented some sort of trouble. Okay. Mm -hmm. Elio, what'd you think? Yeah, no, uh, this was uh, this was a good match. I enjoyed uh, Lance Archer. Uh, and like Anne said, like, Cole uh, turned down the silliness and stuff. So it, it was good that it was good to see uh, not a squash match. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. I I got to say for myself, guys, um, I still would have preferred this been a double DQ because in the end, the only things this did was for me is it, it didn't give Lance Archer the chance to shine as a monster. You know, he didn't seem as dominant as he should have. But at the same time, um, I did enjoy the fact Colt wrestled a lot more sensible this time. He did stuff where instead of falling for the usual crap, he stopped, put on the brakes, and caught Archer like two or three times where Archer thought he had him in a thing or he knew what he was going to do. And Cabana puts on the brakes and nails him with something else. Like that. What I didn't like, however, is as we're developing Lance Archer, 
um, this wasn't a good showing for him in the sense that he should have came off. Like, had they double DQ'd it, they both could have, it would have served two masters here. One, make Lance still look like he's the unstoppable beast. Two, make, uh, make Cole Cabana look like not a jobber. Make him look like, you know, he's a guy who also could be big. Take them both out of the tournament. Have them matched up months later as a revenge match for whatever happened. Uh, unfortunately, it did that. It kind of slowed down the momentum of Archer a little, did not make him look as tough as he did. Uh, it made Cole Cabana look good, but it didn't make him look great. And I'm going to say this once. I don't know if I've brought this up. I freaking hate Cole Cabana's finishing thing where he does that Superman uh, holy homoerotic <laughs> leap over into a – you got – that is the, the worst The Chicago looking, Skyline thing or – no, no, the one where he like pins a guy and he like jumps in and he kind of spreads his legs and. Oh, okay, no, I think I know. Yeah, yeah. I can't figure out how anyone does not just roll out of that or kick out of that easy. It seems like the most ridiculous <laughs> pinning combination I've seen in a long time. Um, that being said, uh, this it has Lance Archer moving on in this tournament. He will face whoever wins in. I guess that's going to be what Dustin Rhodes versus. Uh, do you guys remember who it was? Dustin Rhodes versus uh, Dustin? Not, 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 not Sammy Guevara. Is it Dustin Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara? Yeah, he's facing. This is still first round action. Yeah. So yep, it should, yep is um no, it's Kip Sabian against uh Dustin. Okay, oh, Kip Sabian. Oh, I right. that, Kip Sabian. Yeah. How, how is Kip Sabian even in this tournament? I don't know. I. I just, <laughs> well, hey, we get to a pretty good match you put on this week. Uh, <laughs> then we went to, uh, and I'm going to say this, Britt Baker is much better of a bad guy than a good guy. Mm-hmm. Okay? She still is kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. That little uh, thing she did where it was sort of funny when she was like, these are the rules of being a role <laughs> yeah, model. Yeah. There was only one. <laughs> she had one rule. But then she blew it all with the whole stupid let's talk about I'm a dentist crap and all this junk. You know, uh, if she takes that out, if she takes that part about being a dentist out, mm-hmm. maybe the vignettes might be a little better. Yeah. I, I no, think, like, though, the problem she, is... She doesn't, need, she doesn't need to be reminding us that she's a dentist. We know you're a dentist. Well, I think the problem is I think the AEW thinks they have to keep beating us over the head that that's her character. And it's just such a stupid character. Like, you know, oh, the de- the killer dentist? Well, like, this isn't Dr. Yankum back in, like, the 90s. Like, this is ridiculous. Uh, did, did, did I get anything out of that ad out of, uh, out of Britt Baker there this week on her promo? So, um, but I did get out of that promo, you know, despite the the shortcoming of rules, because we only got one rule of, you know, being a role model. Um, what I did get from that is I sensed some darkness coming out of her. It seems like she's taking a turn for the worse, if you will. Her character is becoming more darker. Now, if her actual uh, uh, dialogue or dialect matches the intensity of the character that we that we seem to be getting then you know her character could be a little more believable but you know Brit on the mic I'm still not quite convinced as of yet but it was a plus that she did you know move forward to uh get the squash against uh what is it? Cassandra coming Golden up. yeah coming up we got the Cassandra Golden match let's go right into yeah. it uh obviously quick it was a squash yeah mm-hmm. and uh was it needed? Do we need a squash right now with Britt Baker to build build her up, or should she be right going in with someone else right now? I don't know. I, I think I think it was a uh, because uh, last week she last week uh, who did she face last week? 
Oh, uh, she lost to that uh, Shida, Hikiru Shida. Yeah, right, right, right. So I, I think, uh, like, uh, one, one week, uh, have no regular match, and then, like, I think it just, like, breaks the breaks things up from okay. week to week. What do you think about this, Anne? Should she have gone into a squash match right away, or should she have actually gone up against someone we knew? Um, I think I could live with her having this one squash only because, again, you're trying to – If it, I think I get the sense that they're trying to mm-hmm. darken or intensify her character for the sake of that. So for the sake of that, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I think, yeah, the squash thing was okay. I just wish she did something more dastardly at the end of the squash yeah. to, to intensify that character thing. Right. You know, maybe throw the glove on anyways, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do something a little more, if we're going to build that darkness, let's go all the way with it. Next came up was what I was talking about was interesting and different. I really enjoyed these cuts to different people picking yes. who they thought Hager or Moxie was going to win. And we got for a while, most of this worked for me, having different MMA guys, having different announcers, having a couple wrestlers. The only thing that didn't work for me in this is I didn't think it was, I thought it was extremely silly to have all the inner circle guys weigh in and not anybody who hangs out at all with the other side. Because it seemed very slanted. As soon as you seen it was like Sammy Guevara. As soon as you seen it was Ortiz. You knew that they were just going to trash talk it. So it kind of cheapened that. Um, even a guy like, I would have rather if they even, and I know you guys are going to go bug-eyed when I say this, I would rather have had Jimmy Havoc say something because he has no vested interest in either guy to give an honest opinion of who he thinks is going to win this. I would have rather have Billy Gunn. I would rather have some guys who weren't direct. You know, I don't want to see elite. I don't want to see inner circle. I want to see other wrestlers mid-card guys, whatever, I thought that would have been a little more effective. I thought the inner circle thing kind of cheapened what looked like a cool, sporting, realistic thing up until that point. So um, we move on next. Uh, okay. Su- is it Suj? Suj D? Shug D? Yeah. Okay. Shug I just look at how it's spelled. Shug D, who they've been calling Pineapple Pete. <laughs> On the side, because he was the guy who was always in the audience, and and Jericho and other guys have been referring to him as Pineapple Pete for a while. So it was kind of funny to Pineapple Pete finally got in there. And uh, taking on Sammy Guevara. And I'm going to open with my view on this one. Um, I thought this really showcased a tougher Sammy Guevara than we've seen in a while. I enjoyed this. I thought he wrestled with a lot more intensity than we've seen him in a while. Love that went the running knee lift he or the running knee to the head he did in the air. Um, I think this was an effective squash match itself because it made uh, Sammy. It, it, you, the guy didn't look like he was just going to be some dude who was just going to roll over dead. He put up a bit of a fight, but it really showed a little bit more meanness and viciousness, which I think we need to see out of Sammy Guevara going into him with Darby Allen, he's got to definitely look a little... And, and I, I like that promo that he did cut at the end of the match. Yes, yes. What did you think of the match itself, Elio? That was a, that was a good match. Like you said, uh, with, the running, with that running knee, it showed a, it showed a, tougher, a tougher semi-carrera. Okay. And Ant? I kind of wish I would have saw a little more out of Suge D slash Pineapple Pete, especially with the frustration that Jericho had exp- has been expressing towards him since <laughs> last week and his involvement in the card. But overall, I like the purpose that it served. I mean, you want to elevate Sammy Guevara as a legitimate contender in this tournament, especially considering he, if I'm not mistaken, has already suffered a loss to 
Darby Allen. So then you kind of mm-hmm. want to, you know, change the narrative and project one that says, okay, we're going to see a more focused Sammy Guevara who not only is out for vengeance against Darby Allen, but he legitimately wants this TNT championship. So I like how that was played. Okay, now, guys, I, you know what? I'm trying to be a kinder legend. I'm trying to be a nicer legend. Oh. This week when I saw that Chuck Taylor was coming out to wrestle by himself, I tried to, wrap, I tried to get out of mind, like, why the hell am I seeing this and not Trent? because we at least know Trent can wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, Kip Sabian, who really hasn't shown me a hell of a lot, I was just expecting the worst. I saw Penelope Ford, who looked fantastic, but all that fell, fell in my mind was that match a couple weeks ago where she just botched the worst-looking hurricane I've ever seen in my life. I was like, I was expecting, guys, a crap fest among crap fests, and yet I came away enjoying Kip Sabian a lot more than I thought I would, and the jury is not out. Chuck T still sucks. Matt, <laughs> what do you think? I too um, didn't expect much out of Chuck E. T. And, and you, you know, I'm going to go in. I'm going <laughs> to <I'm> go <laughs> <laughs> go a bit of a different direction. I think Chuck E. T. performed well, considering who Chuck E. T. is and what he has offered us on. You know, previously, of course. Kip Sabian carried this match and he was the better worker of the two, but I think they came together to give us an entertaining match. And I like how the interference from Penelope Ford segued into quick involvement from Orange Cassidy, which then led to uh, Jimmy Havoc jumping over the guardrail and then hitting him with that inverted suplex or whatever that move was, which then led to Penelope Ford making up for her botch Hurricane Rana from a few weeks back and actually executing one well off the top rope and then setting up Kip Sabian's finish. So I, to me, that was the matchup tonight on the card. Okay. What do you think, Elio? Yeah, this wasn't a, this wasn't a bad match. Um, but uh, I'm still not seeing Chucky T still sucks, so. Yeah. I'm going to say... Look out for you, Chucky. I'm sorry. I tried. <laughs> You're not doing yourself any. You're not doing yourself any favors by wrestling so crappy, Chucky e. T. So, um, the things, the best parts of this match, besides actually Kip Sabian, was actually pretty. He really did show me a lot tonight, and I enjoyed that. Um, I really loved when they talked about um, they talked about Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, and Jimmy Havoc live together. Uh, they're currently yeah. they're currently living together, and they said that uh, Sabian and Ford ha- share a room together. And uh, Havoc lives in a box in the basement. <laughs> when, when Jericho said that, that was pretty funny. I'll give him that. Um, I did have a problem here with one thing. We've seen Penelope Ford botch that move. We've seen her do it to women wrestlers where it's, it's a bit of a struggle and she gets it down. But then she does it to Chucky e. T, who's supposed to be six, one or 2. He's a large man, and he acts like he got just flipped by Van Vader off the ropes. He went flying so hard like a ninja star. I was like, what the hell? This tiny woman just <laughs> flung you like you were Stretch Armstrong across the – I did not get that part. For me, that took a bit out. Um, I didn't like him putting his thumb up with the camera and doing the goofy stuff like, I'm the hillbilly hick part of the team. Um, I think that just kills him a little bit. And then, to me, uh, Kip Sabian has this great match. And what's the first thing that comes out of it? Isn't the win. It's, oh, next week, Havoc's fighting Orange Cassidy. When, it, when that tiny little part of the story became more important than the match we saw, that makes you wonder how they're just directing things. Because Kip Sabian 
should have come out of there looking so much better. And instead they swept that under the rug very quick to tell us, don't forget next week fans just been signed orange Cassidy and Jimmy Havoc. And I'm like, so this whole match was a setup for next week's match. Mm. So who's the squash? Who's the squisher? <laughs> Who got squashed here? Both of them did. I didn't like that. I think that was a bad move on AEW's part to do it like that. I think they should have wrung out the, the, the Sabian thing a little longer, give him some, and this, this kind of hurt him rolling over and kissing her right away and making out with her detracted from what he just did. I think he should have like lorded over or maybe run in and both of the, all three of them give a few kicks to the face of Chucky e. T to show their heels at one. That would have been much more effective than what happened because in the end, all I could think of was, Oh, that was just a segue for orange Cassidy match next week. Because let's face it, Orange Cassidy was the guy they had the most focus on and talked about the most in that entire match, despite the fact yeah. he just walked around. So I, I don't think that – I think uh, poor Kip Sabian put in a great effort that got kind of crapped on by the AEW storyline writing here. Now, maybe you guys don't agree, but uh, that's how I kind of felt out of that. <laughs> Ant, you look I actually do this. agree, especially considering Kip Sabian is booked to fight Dustin Rhodes next yeah. week in the TNT Championship Tournament. So do you not want to give him some sort of rub going into the tournament? Yeah. So once again, uh, um, as much as I've been enjoying the editing and put together the show, come on, AEW, write to make your guys look better, the guys in the ring. Don't just keep thinking of next week, the setup for next week. You know, that's important. Agreed. But also the setup ain't gonna, for next week going to be jack shit if you treat all these guys like they're losers and jobbers. You know, so um, now we go into the main event and this is where, and I know, first of all, they, they took off, you know, I like Jericho and what do you call him? Scavani? Which is pretty funny. Uh, man, Tony Schiavone takes a lot of abuse from Jericho during these matches. You, 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 know, you know, Scavone is, is actually a telling for Schiavone. Oh, is it? Yeah. It, it just, it makes it sound so terrible. It's just, it's so funny the way he, and I love though, is Jericho keeps berating Shivani. And Shivani acts like he doesn't get the insults out of it, but he's not stupid, but he just goes on. And it's, it's actually kind of comical. But, but, but it's, it's hilarious. Jericho acts like such a like face on the commentary, even though he's a heel. Yeah, yeah. You know, he never puts down other wrestlers except, uh, like, he did put down Chucky e. T, which surprised me. <laughs> right. But uh, stuff like when he made that comment about uh, Tony uh, uh, being in wrestling for 65 years, <laughs> and instead of taking it as an old man insult, Shivani was like, yeah, sure feels like that sometimes. <laughs> You're brilliant, Shivani. You're brilliant. If for those of us who may not know, Skiavone dates back to Jericho's lion heart days in WCW. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so he's been calling him ski of forever. <laughs> but uh, thumbs up to them. And then, I, you know what? I'm going to let you touch this on that because I know you uh, have had a bit of an issue with this. The main event goes to a empty arena. Then uh, Chris Jericho and Tony Giovanni are not doing the commentary. They cut to JR by himself doing the commentary. First of all, let's touch on this. What did you think of that, uh, Ant? It baffled me. Um... I, I don't ever recall, unless there's some sort of oversight on my part, but I don't ever recall a match being called by a one-man commentary uh, uh, ensemble. Mm -hmm. You can't even call that an ensemble. I just can't ever recall a match being called by one commentator. Um, 
And even with that, you know, there were some struggles that JR had, and it's unfortunate that no one else was there to mask those struggles. Like JR would mention, if this is supposed to be an empty arena, I don't understand why there are chairs there. Well, JR, I don't think they're going to completely remove the chairs out of the arena so that, you know, to, to I guess, to placate or, or to build up towards the arena actually being empty. Not to mention, there are stadiums where the chairs are actually built within the floors of the arena and they can't be moved anyway. Mm -hmm. um, the match in itself, as I mentioned earlier, it, it, it was bland for me. Like, it really didn't wow me. It didn't, you know, yeah. amaze me or, or didn't, you know, compel me much. It was just as yeah. basic as possible and then when you look at you know the promo videos and the celebrity appearances you know that were uh, uh implemented for the sake of building up this match i just felt like it didn't live up to the hype i feel like it was it went on too long that too yeah so so it's not, it's not just me because it felt like it went on a little too long because if I'm not mistaken, I think the official bill ran some rained somewhere between 9.25 and 9.30 p.m. Somewhere yeah, okay. around there. Yeah, this okay. match went at least 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, Elio, you want to touch on this match a bit? Yeah. Um, this match uh, was just flat for me. And like, like, I, like I just said, um, it felt like it went on uh, forever, um, especially in like an empty arena match. Mm -hmm. It... It's not the same as when you have a crowd there because when you have a crowd there, there's like the atmosphere, there's the energy, empty ring match. Feel if you have a ma match with no one there, it feels like it's going on forever. Mm -hmm. Well, I think too is we were really built up in this match to expect mm -hmm. like this was supposed to be a brawl. You know, this yep. was going to be some hard hitting crap. It sure seemed like a lot of light fighting mm -hmm. for guys fighting outside of the ring. A lot of light touching, a lot of, you know, nothing seemed devastating. Nothing seemed terrible. Um, I'm going to say this. I want to disagree with one thing at uh, okay, with you sure. on just one thing. And I'm going to say that about JR. I, I have been hard on JR. Yes, I didn't enjoy having just him doing this whole thing. Okay. However, when he said, and, and I've noticed this about JR, is he's been, since he's been mocked a lot by people about his commentary, the last four weeks that he's done shows, he's throwing in inside jokes to prove that he's not some dumb old man. And mm -hmm. I really felt that when he said, why the hell are there ring barriers? That was a good, that was funny because why would you need ring barriers? I get the chairs there, there's chairs there. But why would you set up ring barriers in an empty arena? Yes, that made me laugh. Now that part, yeah, I do agree with you. And and I I also think back, and I wish I'd brought this up a couple weeks ago when he was calling one of the matches. And you know, one of the worst things about wrestling is the always uh, the obligatory. Some guy goes on the top rope, and the two or three guys outside all kind of just stand there and cuddle up, waiting for him to jump on them. You know, we've seen that in like just about every tag team match in the world lately. Um, yeah. So we see this, and he was doing some match, and these three guys did, were huddled up. Guy gets on top, jumps off, nails them. And the first thing JR said, he's like, wow, he's sure lucky those three guys were standing there doing nothing. <laughs> it was obvious that he was mocking that thing. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I, I get the chair thing was probably, I, I think he was just being snarky by the time he got to the chair part of it. Gotcha. But, uh, all the people who put down JR, yes, he's had some weak moments. Yes, sometimes he doesn't always study the cards or the wrestlers. But I think he's getting better now. And I think he, he's fitting into AEW and he's doing his work now. And I think he's throwing in a lot of this kind of 
snide comment stuff to say, hey, you guys all act like I'm a stupid old man who doesn't know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Come on, wink, wink. Why are those guys standing there? Come on, barriers, come on, you know? <laughs> so, but overall, this main event, after such a great buildup, because that really got me excited, watching the buildup from all these different wrestlers, mm-hmm. albeit the inner circle was a bit dumb. Um, I really felt kind of flat at the end of this match. You know, it, it didn't really, I really think it would have been much more exciting to have those dozen wrestlers around there cheering them on, you know? Um, so yeah, it was kind of fun. You know, I just me- realized there was one part I missed and I just wanted to ask you guys, and maybe I'm wrong on this because I thought the bubbly bunch was pretty funny. I was, I was just going to bring that up. I'm like, when we, 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 we didn't uh, touch on okay. that, okay. that segment. That was, that was funny. I enjoyed that. I loved it a lot. I love the fact when Jericho was pouring, he was talking and he poured orange juice and it went all over the counter. <laughs> and then they pulled the camera back and there's nothing on the counter. On the counter. <laughs> they're making it so obvious that they're, they're the inside joke of like, you know, like him in the, him in the hot tub with his leather pants on the other week or stuff. You know, these, these so dumb inside jokes that are funny. Um, what did you think, Ed? Did, did you hate the Bubbly Bunch? Did, was it funny to you? What, what did you get out of that? I mean, the Bubbly Bunch was cool. I think the only part that didn't do it for me was, uh, which one is it? Ortiz. He, With the dolls around? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then at the end, where he was, there was something that he was shouting over and over repeatedly. And I'm uh-huh. just like, oh, okay, you're kind of taken away from this segment. And let us not overlook the worst sunny side up in that yes. we've ever seen in our lives like you can't overlook that everything that Jericho did in that was horrible <laughs> and well, that's perfect. what made it so funny and then when he was pouring juice and like half of it's all over the place right. and, and then they cut back and there's absolutely no juice to the thing but just in his cup and I'm like oh my lord that made me laugh <laughs> that made me laugh um, I don't know if I want to see this every week <laughs> the bubbly bunch but every now and then it would be pretty funny um, it just it gives a little more character you know, um, and I think sometimes they need it. I do think, though, Ortiz is – I don't know how you rehab that dude. He has made himself such a running joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely a caricature of himself. Yeah. Well, you know what, fans? Overall, I'm going to say that after I looked at this week's uh, matches – There is one part of the card we didn't mention, but then again, oh. maybe we don't care. Which was? Uh, Sean Spears versus <sighs> Justin Sky. I totally skipped that. Yes. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. And I, I, I'm glad you brought this up because you know what? Yeah. This was the best Sean Spears I've seen in a very long time. You know? Agree. Agree. I'm hoping they're rehabbing this guy because uh, I came out thinking, okay, I'm so sick of Sean Spears up to a week ago. Now all of a sudden, I kind of like Sean Spears a bit. He's got some yeah. potential there. So, like I said, uh, this to me was an interesting show, well put together as a program as a whole with a lot of interesting new takes that we haven't seen AEW or even WWE do for that matter. You know, the little, uh, yeah, we see tons of goofy uh, vignettes from uh, WWE, but I kind of like the fact that being in this whole quarantine isolation thing to see a bunch of guys doing Zoom talks. That was kind of cool, fitting for the time. I also enjoyed having wrestlers, uh, uh, MMA guys, um, guys, comedians, actors, all weighing in about John Moxley versus uh, uh, Jake Hager as if it was a true, uh, a true thing, you know? Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, overall, this uh, card, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a B this week because it was a very strong showing for me and uh, I enjoyed it. So I'm going to go with B. Uh, Antoine? 
how would you rate this week's show? Um, Production-wise, with the vignettes, uh, building up the false count anywhere match, which, by the way, ended in the ring. Um, they, they were definitely enjoyable, you know, seeing uh, the bubbly bunch, things of that nature. Uh, Presentation-wise, I did enjoy it. I just felt like the in-ring product fell flat. And, I mean, in AEW, if, for, if I can't compliment AEW on anything else, they always give us a solid in-ring product. And it just seems like, for whatever reason, this week it was flat. So, with that being said, I'm giving the show this week uh, C. Sounds fair. Elio? Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the B. I liked all the um, all the like celebrities or whatever, wing, comedians winging on the on the, the main event. But uh, yeah, like you were saying, down the inner circle and the elites, I would have rather had like wrestlers that had nothing to do with either either one. Yeah, because for one second, do you, yeah. do you think that some one of the inner elite was going to go, well, to be honest, I think Mox is going to kick his ass? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no universe that's happening. <laughs> right. But yeah, so, so I'm going to go with the B on this one. A B, okay. Well, you know what, fans? AEW, I really hope that they're onto something specially different here. Because let's face it, uh, looking at all the WWE product right now, and even looking at some of the product AEW has been giving us the last couple of weeks, it's not making me enjoy this uh, new era of wrestling we're in right now it's been a bit of a struggle we've been you know trying to scratch our heads to make the best out of a worse situation and when you stop and think about it that's kind of silly that we have to make the best out of a worse situation so let's hope that uh that you know what i wouldn't mind seeing this whole kind of presentation next week in that vein but let's put some solid wrestling in there because that's right i mean i would have given this an a if there had been some really good matches in there but there was just a lot of squash matches mm -hmm. and one or two of the matches with people we knew that fell flat. So uh, AEW, uh, maybe, maybe I'd be too generous with a B, but I'm going to say overall this week for me, for considering, and this is in the, the norm of new wrestling, which we've been watching the last couple of weeks, it's a B for me in that sense. I'm sure if we were doing this six months ago, this would have been a C because the wrestling didn't deliver. But the fact is there's not other wrestling out there. So I got to take – Sometimes what I can be given and, and do, do what I can with it. So fans, uh, first of all, Ant, thank you for joining us again this week. Uh, it's always great to hear your perspective. And fans, don't forget that Ant does write a regular weekly column, which will probably show up uh, pretty soon here. He yep. has his literary point of view on AEW. Elio does NXT UK, where he has his literary point of view. And weekly, I do an MLW one where we're trying to capture it all. And who knows? Maybe when wrestling gets back on its feet, maybe I'll, maybe I'll even stretch my uh, arms a little bit and, and do an, a new Japan one uh, when it ever gets going again. You know, right? I miss yeah. Japan. I mean, they already announced that they don't plan anything to do in the month of May now. Uh -huh. They've canceled all their stuff. So, yikes. So, uh, folks, also, Ant has his great new MMA point of view. Check it out weekly. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you think of all the shows on here. We also have our sister show over on Wrestling POV, which is covers everything WWE related, excluding NXT UK. They cover all those matches. They have a really fun time there. They're made up with Ant's co-hosts, uh, Tony Diaz and uh, Rick Serrano the Third. But they mm -hmm. also have Mimi Goody and uh, the hell's that thing called Miguel something or other. Okay, I'm just being a dick. Miguel Cole, and uh, they have a four different perspective. That's it has a lot of laughter and a lot of fun times in there. And I would suggest, you know, want some light, light hearted look at uh, the WWE. Listen to those guys. 
And of course, there's global here to us weekly was we try and cover, which is really hard now because there's not a lot of wrestling going on, but we're going to keep trying to cover the best of the other things that aren't WWE. And you can find us on all these different networks. You can find us here on uh, Facebook, on our Wrestling POV podcast page. You can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and, uh, oh, and Spotify. Spotify and something Bean. What? Podbean. Oh, my goodness. Pod, does, does anyone use Podbean? I hope so. Okay. Anyhow, folks, uh, and thank you. We will look forward to your point of view next week. Have yourself a great week, and I will definitely be checking out your MMA show as it's coming out. And uh, I'm going to write questions as a guy who's doesn't really know about MMA. You're going to answer them for me, I guess, because I'm going to write them in. <laughs> Send them on. I'll be more than glad to help uh, enhance your knowledge on the game. I'm, and maybe I can learn some things from you along the way. Who knows? I doubt it. I'm pretty dumb. <laughs> Anyhow, folks. <laughs> have you, we'll, we'll talk to you guys in the next segment. We're going to take a look at uh, – MLW and NXT UK. Hey, Elio. So is it true that Wrestling POV has t-shirts now? Yes, it is true. There are four different colors, and you can find them all at prowrestlingtees.com slash wrestling POV. Let's quickly go into this. We're going to talk a little bit about MLW and NXT UK. First of all, NXT UK this week. Wow. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say uh because it was one of those highlight shows yep. that, okay, I don't mind highlights if you're going to take stuff from all over the place and show us, but basically they just showed us the very beginning of NXT UK and the tournament stuff. Now, it was, also, I, it was also confusing because they started out with the very first tournament in 2017. Yeah. Then they went uh, to the next uh, other tournament, which I didn't even realize they had in 2018. Yeah. Then they went back to May of 2017 with the number one contenders match, and it was just all over the place. Well, that's the thing is, it wasn't very clear. And let's face it, it wasn't that great of matches. It it really wasn't. Uh, I kind of out of there thinking, because I remember when we first started covering uh, NXT UK here on the show, in the very beginning, I was kind of like, ugh, these generic wrestlers who all look the same with British accents. This is coming from that era where they hadn't really developed a lot of characters. So mm-hmm. it fell flat for me a lot, you know, um, did not enjoy it that much. I'm going to have to say uh, if I had to give this one a rating and I'm going to have to give it, I'm going to give it a C minus did not do it for me whatsoever. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go C minus to a D because it, I didn't enjoy it at all. Like they had like Jack Gallagher versus Zach Gibson. That would, just wasn't a good match at all. No, no. And, and and even looking at Tyler Bates, this is way before he was developed to the oh, rest yeah, of the He was like now. only 19 years old. Yeah. And I mean, he was doing boring stuff like uh, the helicopter. Who even does that? Like, yeah. I don't know. That was his finishing thing was the helicopter into that kind of slam thing. And, you know, today he's like heads above this. But there's just no character, and it didn't really shine for me. So not the greatest showing. I'm a little bit dreadful of next week's NXT UK. I hope I, – I hear you say they've changed the format, and they're going to go into asking uh, wrestlers to – Yeah, next week uh, they're going to have NXT UK superstars 
with their uh, picks for uh, the favorite matches. Good. And I hope they go the route that uh, ROH does, where you go for one guy who kind of does the show, not just willy-nilly take three guys and have them pick three things. That can be just boring and confusing, too. So it'll be interesting to see, folks. Now, MLW this week, thank goodness. You know, we've been talking. We were a little bit worried that maybe MLW did not get that Tijuana, Mexico thing done. Maybe we'd be stuck with a bunch of repeats or whatever. Uh, now the news here is they got enough footage to do 50 shows. So uh, I guess we won't have to worry about new stuff out of them. But the opening of this Super Series, Tijuana, AAA versus uh, MLW. Interesting. I'm going to say really different vibe. Uh, Mexican, you know, sometimes when you see a sporting event from a foreign place, it can come off very different. Uh, what I, I will say, I did enjoy this better than their run in uh, Mexico with the crash promotion. Oh, yeah. The, the definitely the quality of wrestlers here were terrible. jumped right That up. was terrible. That one was terrible. This one had a, a lot better wrestlers, that's for sure. The fans, the whole vibe of it, very different. And if you wonder what we're talking about, look at when you see the fans in UK versus the fan, like WW, or NXT UK versus NXT fans. Very different vibes. Um, the Mexican crowd here, very different. They like, obviously, a lot of things that we don't usually take into account. Uh, it was a different vibe. And I got to say, I can handle a couple weeks of this. It, it gave this Super Series a different feeling. It wasn't just like, uh, not like the Opera Cup. Remember where they just threw those in there and it was kind of like the Opera Cup didn't feel like anything I didn't really special. enjoy the Opera Cup. No, the, the Opera Cup was not a great presentation. This, however, gave it a feeling like, and let's face it, this is only just, if we're being honest, it's one night in Tijuana, Mexico, where they recorded the whole thing and called it a Super Series. There's no Super Series. Here. <laughs> it's just one card. But uh, they made it feel like more than that. And I loved it. They, the, the opening where the guys are doing the national anthems in the ring. Pretty cool. You know, one in Mexican, one in American. Um, first of all, let's get into uh, let's get into the first match, which I gotta say was that was batshit crazy. Okay, Vance Warner and uh, Savio Vega, which I gotta say, when I saw the old man Savio Vega was gonna be in this, I thought, oh god, how how slow is this gonna get? But probably a good idea because a Tijuana Barrio match featuring now this guy more. Mortiz, 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 Mortiz's cousin, I don't know, and, and Pagano, who I just want to correct fans, last week, Elio asked me who Pagano was, I wasn't sure, and I assumed he was Psycho Clown, he is not Psycho Clown, he is a totally different uh, hardcore wrestler from Mexico, dug his t-shirt, which said, uh, Satan made rock and roll, that was pretty funny, <laughs> loved how he had to take every three minutes to give the crowd the finger, uh, he's obviously not very well liked, um, but this, uh, a street fight, uh, sorry, a Tijuana Barrio match, which is basically a street fight, was insane because strewn across the ring, or outside of the ring, there was bumpers. There were car bumpers and hoods. There was so much garbage, it was like they were fighting in a Tijuana junkyard. And uh, this match went crazy. There was so many horrible things happening here. There was a spot where uh, Savio Vega took a whole handful of, bar, uh, like, a uh, what do you call those things? Skewers. 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 Yeah, bamboo skewers rammed them into Pagano's forehead yeah, so hard. That. He split them open like, and they were hanging out and there's blood dripping. And I was like, what the hell, guys? <laughs> um, there was a whole bunch of stuff like that, which culminated in the most ridiculous thing I've seen in a long time, where they set a table on fire. And I mean, I've seen the old AC, 
ECW ones. I've seen what WWE did it. You know, there was flames maybe like a half a foot, sure. foot high. Yep. This was three or four feet high flames, the whole thing on fire. And they threw a guy through it. And when he got off of it, he was on fire, rolling in the ring. And Mance Warner had to jump on him, pretend to be kind of punching him, but you could yep. see he was actually putting the flames out of this yep. guy. And I was just like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> and the Mexican guys, they're all sitting in the audience like, yeah, this is a Friday night in Tijuana. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Okay, now, um, uh, Tijuana match, there's no rules, right? Yeah. Okay, no now, rules. is it just me? Or was, at one point, I thought on the outside, the referee was admonishing Savio Vega while Mets Warner was uh, taking care of, the, of uh, one of the other guys like behind the ref's back. If anything professional wrestling has taught us is that referees are complete fuckers. <laughs> they don't look, they don't get anything. So okay, who knows what the hell that so, is. So then it wasn't just me, because I thought no. I knew, okay. No, why, so why, I'm not, like, why is referee watching something we got? There's no rules. Why does a referee break up two guys in the middle of a death match? <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> oh, one it's thing a death I match just, reason. Yeah. I said it's a death match for a reason. Now, there was one thing I did not like, one thing I did not think was cool. They got a, an exchange where uh, Mance Warner and uh, Mortiz uh, started headshotting each other with chairs. And those Mexican guys totally take unprotected headshots. Uh, Mance kept throwing his hand up and blocking and whatever. Yep. That Mortiz guy just threw his head out and took beating after beating to the forehead with a, a chair. That was not cool. This is why I was never a fan of the Attitude Era. And I think in some groups, whenever I, I've been there and I've been like, oh, the Attitude Era, I didn't like it. It was just crap. This is what I'm talking about. Like unprotected chair shots to the head. All I know is this Mortise guy is either some really over the hill rubbed out dude or he's some young punk who doesn't get it but he took at least four unprotected chair shots I saw those. I was and now. he caught himself on fire for what a hundred bucks and a taco like come on man that is not cool like no. this is too too much too much and uh there were times at this match where i was like man Mats, you're gonna make it back in the book if you don't get one of these. <laughs> right? This is getting ridiculous. It's getting don't, ridiculous. Don't, don't be going down that road again. You just made it out of the book. Now you, you want to go back in. And and for the fans out there who think maybe I'm being slightly racist by saying tacos, I only say that because in North America, every independent wrestler I know has said they've been paid in hot dogs <laughs> at the end of the thing. You know, like sometimes. And and I know um, what was that guy's name? Uh, the the guy in uh, SCU. Uh, the young, the young guy, uh, uh, Scorpio Sky. I have an interview where he told all wrestling in Southern California where he was paid by paid in tostados sometimes. <laughs> so I was just equating that uh, in Mexico they probably do the same for lower card guys as they give you whatever's left over in the concession stands, which I've seen a zillion times up here in North America. Um, it's not worth it. You're not telling me that guy made more than a hundred bucks American and maybe a taco to take set on fire and to be beaten four times in the head with a chair, not smart moves. Okay. So yeah, this match, it was more of a giant car wreck where I went, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> no, I swear. Now when I, when I, um, when I sat down to watch it yesterday, mm -hmm. I'm like, am I watching MLW or am I watching an old episode of ECW from 93? Yeah. They did this a lot in the early days of ECW. I'm not sure if I like this kind of stuff at all. It's not exciting. It's too extreme for me when there's a potential to really get hurt. And unprotected chair shots, I'm sorry. 
you are going to get hurt if you take four shots to the hair. Is that you, should, fire? You, should, you should know better than that with all everything we know about today about uh, chair shots. and. True, true. Now, there was a couple uh, really do dumb, doofy stuff on this episode. I mean, we had the dynasty doing their little uh, waking up uh, as if they had... <laughs> that, was, that was kind of stupid. It was so dumb. They woke up in their hotel room in their underwear, wondering where Gino had wandered off to, talking about how they had seen a live donkey show, and they were impressed that now it was fan interactive. I mean, how much grosser can you get with this kind of joking? You know, and then they even had the, the gall to make some pulling out joke. This is this is just gonna be like my like what I got from that donkey show line. They must have been a reference to the movie Clerks too. Uh, it well no, it's a it's a reference to Tijuana because apparently that's always been a legend there. I don't know if that oh, okay. that really happens, but no, they I, talk about that in Tijuana a lot. Okay. So oh, well, I'm just I was just putting it to like I was just re referring into it. So yeah, yeah, it it. Uh, I don't know. I don't find that. I guess sometimes that's funny. I just, it went a little far and a little too gross. Yeah. You know? Anyhow, I don't know. Joking about bestiality with donkeys doesn't seem like exactly <laughs> yeah. uh, the kind of thing I want to hear on my wrestling shows. Um, they did uh, they did some dumb stuff with uh, Injustice, which was really came off weird because they were hiding. They weren't going to pay their yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, um, Yet they show up backstage in the what? Yeah. Yeah, well, they went one segment where they were hiding in the basement somewhere saying they're not paying any fines to them, like, five minutes later, confronting Conan in Mexico. Well, wait, they, they also did say, maybe we're here, maybe we're in the building, but maybe we're not. Yeah, nobody believes that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the interesting part out of it is uh, they they – this they keep doing this every week, having like them confront and insult Conan. Conan make a match with one of them, so you know it's a way to fuel the storylines, I guess. Uh, now they're getting a title shot, a six man match, which we'll see on this series for the six man world title, which is interesting because Injustice is starting to become an act I'm enjoying a lot. I'm not so mm -hmm. much on their promos, but their wrestling is becoming better and better yep. constantly. <laughs> we also found out more about oh, thank goodness. King Mo was being suspended for a month. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this made you happy? Yes. Well, I mean, I'm, happy. I'm hoping that for this month that he'll like maybe learn one basic move or hold. That would be nice. You know, it would serve us. Um, another thing he, about then, it. Then when he returns, the feud continues with the legend and the king. Yeah. Well, you know what? I know in one month he won't find any charisma because he hasn't found it in all the years he's been competing. So I don't think he's going to find it in one month. But. Uh, Thank goodness I, that means we don't see King Mo for a little while. So somebody cares about me out there. Thank you, God. Um, we, uh, <laughs> I can't stand King Mo. And then, uh, you heard your cries. They heard my cries of anguish. Thank you. Uh, let's go now into the main event. Uh, Hammerstone versus Laredo Kid. I wrote this in my column. I don't understand the open weight titles. Uh, I, never, I never did. What is the open weight title? Because all Hammerstone is defended against is small, mid-heavyweight people and destroyed them. No, no big guy has yet to come in there. No legitimate heavyweight champion has ever faced Hammerstone yet. So mm -hmm. I don't get it. Is the championship that a monster wins it and destroys little guys? Um, this week, Laredo Kid tried to do a lot. Um, it came off a bit of flat. It was definitely not a main event. Um, Hammerstone wins after a distraction. He actually got a clean pin here. Uh, but like I said, I like Hammerstone. He's kind of wearing on me now, but 
this match didn't really do anything for his championship. If you start going back to uh, the opening match, uh, he also ran in and interfered in in that match. Yeah, yeah, he cost Mance. I guess we didn't mention it, but he cost Mance uh, the match. Yeah. So that's going to further his feud because we know him and Matt's Warner are going to be, Matt's has said he's going after his belt. So finally a legitimate heavyweight. Why. Coming after that. Yeah. Why, why would you bother? I don't, I don't know why he wouldn't go after the heavyweight champion. Fatu. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see Fatu versus uh, Matt's Warner. That but would that's be just great. me. I don't know. Maybe no, I think differently. No, no, no. We think the like here, brother. Anyway, this week's show um, had a different vibe. Uh, once again, the wrestling was a little flat. But that's because we're basically seeing the lower parts of the series of this card. Plus, sure it's the only, the, it's only the first show. Yeah. And let's face it, it's one show we're seeing spliced into at least four episodes. Yeah. And so we definitely see the bottom part of this card. So um, I'm going to give it this week a... Uh, I'm going to give it a... Oh, I'm debating between a C plus and a B minus. Uh, because it wasn't horrible, but it certainly wasn't great. Uh, let's go with a C plus, just because I love the drink. Okay. All right, I'm gonna go with a C on this one. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we know by doing our calculations this week, uh, obviously AEW is going to be the winner here. It, we got uh, uh, higher up than definitely. Uh, let's go back at our scores. I'm gonna have to say we got AEW with the two points, MLW with the one point, and a stickeroni for NXT this week at zero. Um, Elio is going to be calculating those. Um, I know Ant, yeah, Ant still sat on with us there. I got to tell you, uh, MLW is a mixed bag. You're going to see lots of great stuff. You'll, you'll see some great wrestling, and then you're going to see King Mo. You're going to see the opposite <laughs> spectrum of it. But uh, it's uh, it's something to definitely check out. I'm so glad that we're going to get a whole bunch more until this uh, virus thing clears up. We're at least going to see new stuff. Sure, it's not going to be brand new. But if you've never seen it and it's never been released, well, then, unless it's 10 years old, it's new to us, right? Yep. So, Elio, you got some numbers for me, brother? All right. So, I've got an NXT, uh, NXT UK stand 16, mm-hmm. MLW at 12, AEW at 11. Ooh. This, this could go either way with NXT putting out lower product. AEW or MLW has a chance here to rise up. Mm. And if AEW could give us, you know, some consistency, they could probably beat MLW right now. So it would be interesting to see. Interesting to see. Well, you sorry, know I, just, I just don't like this new uh, host, uh, this new uh, commentator they have for UK. Oh, yeah. It's going to take a while to get used to him. Yeah. I mean, uh, we we're so used to Vic Joseph, who I really enjoyed. Yep. Uh, Aiden English got uh, released today by uh, by WWE, so we lost him. So let's see who's going forward with this. I guess it'll be probably Nigel Nigel McGuinness. Oh, and, no. Uh, yeah. He says that fashionista word one more time. We're going to like, I don't know what to Did you guys say it last time? I'm like, say that again. Say that word again. I dare you. Well, you know what, fans, Um, there has been some uh, interesting wrestling. There's been some good wrestling and some bad wrestling. But you know what? There is still wrestling. And somewhere in this wacky world, WWE is considered essential. So hopefully AEW will be considered essential and we can have some more matches. But uh, I want to thank you guys for joining me again. And always great to have you on. Elio, 
Always great, brother. Uh, fans out fun. there, we want to we want to say a special uh, hello to all of our friends out there. You're all in isolation. We get that. It's a struggle right now. Uh, all our friends in Italy and England who are suffering the worst, and in New York City, who has been one of the epicenters of the United States for this. Uh, we want to send out our love and support to you guys, and uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Ant, you want to say goodbye to the fans before Elio? Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you joining us one more time. Please be safe and be as careful as possible. And Elio, say goodnight to the good people. All right, fans, we will talk to you all next week.